Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm drinking a glass of white wine. What are you having, Jenny? I'm drinking a rum and coke, and on this episode, we're discussing the murder of fashion designer Gianni Versace. Gianni Versace was born on December 2nd, 1946, in the poor region of Reggio di Calabria, Italy. He grew up alongside his older brother Santo, older sister Tina, who died at the age of 12, and younger sister Donatella. Versace's mother was a dressmaker, and he loved spending time with her. At the age of nine, Versace made his first dress, a blue one-shouldered evening gown. Fashion was all Versace could think about. Even in primary school, he would get in trouble for drawing sketches of actress Sophia Loren in his designs. After graduating from high school, Versace began working at his mother's shop. He briefly attended architecture college, but left to pursue his passion for fashion. In his mid-20s, Versace moved to Milan, one of the fashion capitals of the world, and began designing for several different Italian fashion labels. Despite his work, many older designers from northern Italy did not like the young southern Italian man with his generous and cheerful demeanor. Versace had something to prove to himself and threw himself into his work. He launched his own ready-to-wear collection for women in 1978, and Santo and Donatello worked alongside him. Versace's first boutique opened that same year. Versace's clothing quickly gained international interest and acclaim. His designs were known for their bold colors, sexy cuts, unusual materials, and innovative ways of cutting materials. The head of Medusa was also a recurring image on many of his clothing items and accessories. Though some accused his designs of being quote-unquote vulgar and cartoonish, his target audience couldn't get enough of them. His clothing celebrated the female body, and he seemed to know exactly what women wanted in their clothing and how to make them feel desired. Some of his designs were even displayed at museums around the world. His fashion career and personal life were flourishing when in 1982, Versace met his longtime partner, model Antonio D'Amico, who would later design the Versace Sport line. In 1989, Versace launched his first couture line, Atelier Versace, and then added two more clothing lines to his fashion house. He was credited for creating the supermodel craze of the 1990s and working with models like Naomi Campbell and Claudia Schiffer. Versace was also popular amongst celebrities who regularly wore his designs on the red carpet or while performing, which easily helped to market his clothing. Some of his close friends included Elton John, Princess Diana, John Bon Jovi, and Madonna. Anna Wintour of Vogue magazine told the New York Times that Versace, quote, was the first to realize the value of celebrity in the front row and the value of the supermodel and put fashion on an international media platform, end quote. He also designed costumes for several ballets and was awarded for his costuming. In addition to that award, Versace also won four Locio Dioros and an American Fashion Oscar. During the 1990s, Versace's brand expanded to include signature fragrances, home goods, and furniture. He was likely the most popular designer in the world at that time. Versace was a unique example of a designer who retained complete control over his brand. Even with his international success, Versace viewed himself as, quote, the same little boy who worked in fashion, end quote. He never took life seriously and truly enjoyed living his life. In 1997, he was flying high. Versace had 130 boutiques around the world, and his company was worth an estimated 800 
$107 million. He had recently shown his fall collection in Paris and signed papers to make his company public on the New York Stock Exchange. Typically, after Paris Fashion Week, Versace and Diaminko would take time off. They decided to vacation at Versace's South Beach Miami mansion, known as Casa Casarina. Despite being on vacation and recovering from inter-ear cancer, Versace was still working. He had first fallen in love with Miami Beach's gay friendliness and club scene in 1991. In an interview with the Miami Herald newspaper, he called the mood of the city, quote-unquote, very, very easy. Versace also enjoyed being in Miami because he felt safe and free, which differed from the man who was usually watched by bodyguards during fashion weeks. Versace and Diamenko arrived in Miami Beach on July 10, 1997. Typically, the couple would go for a morning walk to buy magazines at the news cafe. On the morning of July 14th, Versace went about his morning like usual and met up with a friend at night to see a movie. He was unaware that a young, jealous man was watching his every move and planning a horrible crime to finish his murder spree. That man was Andrew Cunanan. Andrew Cunanan was a 27-year-old gay man from San Diego, California. Cunanan was known for being a con man and partier who loved attention and luxury. He was ashamed of his humble upbringings, so he lied about nearly every aspect of his life. For most of his adult life, Cunanan went by Andy Da Silva and claimed to live a luxurious and wealthy life. It was common for him to brag about expensive meals, traveling the world, and hanging out with celebrities. In reality, Cunanan made ends meet through drug dealings and sex work. It's believed that Cunanan may have been suffering from antisocial personality disorder. He was described by his friends as kind, funny, and good-natured. His charms allowed him access to wealthy circles, and he often pursued wealthy older gay men who would take care of him financially. Cunanan loved fashion and told his friends stories about attending fashion shows around the world. He was also allegedly obsessed with Gianni Versace. Cunanan met Versace at a party in San Francisco in 1990. The Versace family believes this to be false. However, Maureen Orff, author of Vulgar Favors, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, says she spoke to five people who did confirm that Versace and Cunanan met briefly. When he returned home to San Diego, he told his friends of this wonderful and opulent encounter when in reality, the two only had a brief conversation. The same weekend of their initial meeting, Cunanan actually tried again to talk to Versace at a club, but was blocked by Versace's large entourage. Cunanan possibly took this as a rejection and was incredibly angry. Cunanan's murder spree began on April 25, 1997, when he flew from San Diego to Minneapolis, Minnesota to see friends. He believed his close friend and possible ex-lover, Jeff Trail, and his ex-boyfriend, David Madsen, were living together and dating. Cunanan's relationship with both Trail and Madsen had reportedly quote-unquote soured leading up to his visit and neither man reportedly wanted Cunanan to visit. Cunanan confronted the men who denied his accusations. He became so enraged that he beat Trail to death with a hammer. He left Trail's body and took off with Madsen. They were only on the run for two days when Cunanan shot and killed Madsen. Cunanan then traveled to Chicago where he tortured and killed 72-year-old real estate mogul Lee Miglin and stole his car. According to Vanity Fair, quote, Miglin's hands and feet were bound and his body was partially wrapped in plastic brown paper and tape. His face was taped except for two air holes 
at the nostrils. His ribs had been broken and he had four stab wounds in his chest. His throat had been cut open with a garden bow saw, end quote. It's unclear if Miglin had any type of relationship with Cunanan, but some believe that Miglin may have been a client of Cunanan's. From Chicago, he traveled to Pennsville, New Jersey, and shot a cemetery caretaker, William Reese, before stealing his pickup truck. In a matter of 12 days, Cunanan had murdered four people and was named as one of America's 10 most wanted criminals. The FBI described him as quote-unquote highly intelligent and dangerous, and shared that Cunanan was easily able to change his appearance. While on the run, he switched out the pickup's original license plate for a stolen plate. Cunanan had left a trail of clues and evidence behind. They knew Cunanan was a murderer and that he was possibly headed to Florida next. On May 12th, Cunanan checked himself into the Normandy Plaza Hotel under an alias and stayed there until July 12th. The Versace Mansion was about four miles away from Cunanan's hotel. While in Miami Beach, he pawned a gold coin he had stolen from Lee Miglin and actually signed paperwork with his own name, thumbprint, and address at the Normandy Plaza Hotel. The shopkeeper was required by Florida law to turn in his sales paperwork to law enforcement. Because there had been no reports of a gold coin stolen, police missed their opportunity to to arrest Cunanan. The area of South Beach was also known to be transient, which helped Cunanan lay low. Cunanan regularly visited gay clubs in South Beach, thinking police would never venture into the gay club scene to look for him. According to author Maureen Orth, when Cunanan was asked by a man he was dancing with at a club what he did for a living, Cunanan responded with, quote, I'm a serial killer. Though it was known that Cunanan was frequenting gay clubs and bars, wanted flyers with his face on them were never distributed to these establishments, which many have criticized police. For. On the morning of July 15th, Versace took his usual morning walk into town for magazines alone. As Versace returned home and as he began to open the gates of his mansion, Cunanan ran across the street and shot Versace twice in the neck and head before fleeing. Versace, just 50 years old, died instantly. Diaminko ran out along with the couple's friend and neighbor, Lazaro Quintana, who was at the mansion early that morning to play tennis and found Versace. Diaminko screamed, quote-unquote, who did this? And a woman across the street pointed in the direction Cunanan ran. Lazaro ran after Cunanan, telling him to stop before Cunanan then pointed his gun at him. Police easily linked Versace's murder to Cunanan. In a nearby parking lot, they found Cunanan's stolen pickup truck and a pile of discarded clothing that eyewitnesses had seen him wearing. Inside the truck were a passport, a personal check, and the pawn ticket for the gold coin. Law enforcement searched all of Miami Beach for Cunanan to no avail. On July 23rd, a break-in and the sound of a gunshot was reported at a nearby houseboat. There, police found Cunanan, who had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He left no suicide note. It's still unclear what Cunanan's motive was, but here are some of the most popular theories. The first one is, Cunanan thought he was HIV positive and wanted to get revenge. Some believe this is a key motive because AIDS counselor Mike Dudley told the San Diego Union Tribute that, quote, Cunanan expressed fear that he might be infected with the virus that caused AIDS and vowed revenge on whoever might have transmitted it to him, end quote. An autopsy later revealed Cunanan was not HIV positive. The second theory is that his personal relationships were falling apart. Cunanan thought of Matson as the love of his life, but Matson wanted nothing to do with him. Cunanan's 
roommate said that he was utterly heartbroken about this. Again, Cunan's relationship with Trell was also rocky. Matson didn't want to be around Cunanan, who he thought was tied to the international drug trade and other seedy activities. Cunanan may have felt these important relationships were ending and contributed to his motive. Next is the idea that Andrew Cunanan was broke, desperate, and angry. According to Vanity Fair, Norman Blackford, a wealthy retiree, had been bankrolling Cunanan spending free for a time, but Blackford cut off Cunanan in September 1996. The New York Times reported in 1997 that Cunanan often complained he was broke before he left California for Minneapolis. According to the owner of his local hangout, Quoke, Andrew had gotten rid of his car. He was living in a dumpy apartment. All the pretenses were gone. He couldn't be the top dog anymore. He couldn't be the center of attention. End quote. Jeff Trail's sister claimed Minneapolis police officers told her family that they were investigating a theory that Cunanan was scheming to take advantage of older gay men and that Trail had spread warnings about such connivance which angered Cunanan. As Cunanan often relied on wealthy partners to support his lifestyle, it makes sense that he would be angered by anyone who interfered with his income. And finally, the last theory is that he just wanted to be famous. According to Maureen Orth, as a teenager, Cunanan always knew he would be famous due to his behavior. Cunanan's high school friend Michael Rafat told her, quote, There was no specific goal. It was more, people will remember me because of my behavior rather than any achievement because of my personality, end quote. A Chicago police cap and once said of Cunanan, quote, down deep inside, the publicity is more sexual to him than anything else. Right after one or two of these homicides, he probably goes to a gay bar in the afternoon when the news comes on and his face is on TV and he's sitting there drinking a beer and loving it. You hide in plain view, end quote. Several funerals around the world were held for Gianni Versace. Close friends, including Princess Diana and Elton John, attended along with other celebrities and models. Versace was cremated, and his ashes were spread at his estate in Lake Como, Italy. The Versace family was understandably devastated. Following Gianni's death, Donatella took over creative control of the company, and Santo became CEO. The company was sold to Michael Kors in 2018 for $2.1 billion, but Donatella continues to oversee the Versace brand. Gianni Versace's designs transcended fashion and became a lifestyle. He is remembered for bringing vitality and art to an industry considered out of touch with street culture. So what are your general thoughts on the murder of Gianni Versace and what do you think Cunanan's motive was? So I think it's a tragic case of a life being cut short because of someone else not being able to deal with their own life. I think that it's probably a combination of different motives when it comes to why he killed Versace and why he killed the other people. I think killing Versace was definitely a case of jealousy and him wanting to be famous. And I think that the fact that he killed the other people that were in his personal life could have been due to his fears about being HIV positive and the fact that he felt like they were interfering with his way to make money, which was, like you said, getting into arrangements with wealthy gay men. The fact that he didn't leave a suicide note does leave a lot of things up in the air, 
but I think one thing that we can be sure of is that no matter what the motive was, it was definitely senseless crimes. And he hurt a lot of people just to get his name in the paper and just to be talked about. What about you? I think it's a little bit of everything personally with Andrew Cunanan. I do think he wanted some type of attention and I don't really know if he planned everything out. I can't really say, but I feel like at the very least, the more time he spent there, he probably did think about it. And he obviously eventually planned it if he was stalking him the day before and maybe checking into a hotel that wasn't that far from the Versace mansion either. I think he was really just a desperate man that something snapped in him and it was kind of like all or nothing from then on. We'll talk a little bit more about his killing style. But Gianni Versace, he really seemed like a wonderful person. And I feel like I always say that in these cases, but just hearing him talk in interviews was very interesting. And he definitely has charisma, not someone you would think of as like stuffy. I think he did bring a lot of fun to fashion and his clothes looked really beautiful. I would definitely have worn them. So I'm glad during his life, he got the recognition that he deserved and that it wasn't just posthumous. There is some debate over whether or not Andrew Cunanan was a spree killer or a serial killer. Spree killings are generally described as two or more murders committed by an offender or offenders with almost no time break between murders and possibly in multiple locations. An example of a spree killer is Elliot Roger, who we talked about on a previous episode. According to Psychology Today, spree killings typically, quote, arise from a key precipitating incident that continues to fuel the motivation to kill, end quote. The victims can be targeted or random. The killer's identity might be known or may not be known until they are caught. There's usually a mission or goal, i.e. being angry at a group of people and attacking them. The most important factor in a spree killing is the lack of a cool down period. However, some take issue with this and view the definition of a cooling off period as arbitrary and causing confusion. Because of this, the term spree killer or killings was discontinued by the FBI in 2005 for having quote-unquote no practical value to law enforcement. Cunanan is usually referred to as a spree killer in the media and by some criminologists. Serial killings are typically defined as the unlawful killing of three or more victims by the same offender or offenders in separate events typically with a cool-down period. An example of this is John Wayne Gacy or BTK. Serial killers are most often driven by a psychological thrill or pleasure. They also have a high propensity to kill again. They plan their crimes more carefully than a spree killer may. They tend to target people and don't randomly act out, and Cunanan is officially classified by the FBI as a serial killer. I wanted to include these two notes. The first three murders committed by Andrew Cunanan, so that of Jeff Trail, David Madsen, and Lee Miglin, were called by criminologists as the work of a quote-unquote pathological sadistic sexual offender. And then the killing of William Reese, the cemetery caretaker, was a quote-unquote functional homicide, and that was because he was most likely just killed for his car. So do you have any thoughts on whether you think Cunanan is more of a spree killer or a serial killer? So I think he's a unique case where he does have elements of both, but I would agree with the FBI and classify him as a serial killer because of the time involved in between 
each murder. And I think because even though we don't know what the exact motive is, I do think there was a motive for each of the murders, whether it was a functional murder or something out of revenge or hatred, jealousy. I think all that ties into your typical serial killer. What do you think? I'm kind of in the middle on this because I think in some ways he is a bit of a spree killer. Just the quickness between the first three. It gets tricky with William Reese because, again, he was just killed because he was there, honestly. And then there's that cool down period with Gianni Versace. So he definitely does have elements of the serial killer. I mean, if they're saying that it's pathological, sadistic, sexual offender, that I think is maybe more than like a typical spree killer. There's definitely like a motivating factor with Jeff Trail and David Madsen. I think he was definitely very jealous, like you were saying. Obviously, David Madsen meant a lot to him and David Madsen did not feel the same way about Andrew Cunanan and that paranoia that they're together and you know maybe if I can't have him you know nobody can is kind of that sentiment and then I think he did just kind of go off the deep end so I don't really know let us know what you think you know if you think Cunanan is more of a serial killer or a spree killer I would like to see what people say do you think he would have killed more people after Gianni Versace if he had the opportunity to? I do think he would because I think that he was someone that used killing as a means to an end in a lot of ways and so if he had not been cornered I think that he would have found another reason to commit another murder. I think so too especially because he clearly got off on it somehow if he's bold enough to tell people at a bar that he's dancing with that he's a serial killer. That wraps up this week's case Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about the murder of Gianni Versace. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focused on Anna Delvey. As always, stay safe.